Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a newly committed high school athlete that just received an athletic scholarship. He's got a wealth of experience to share. Here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 285 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. I'm honored to have you join me for 15 minutes that will change your athletic scholarship future. The Athletic Scholarship Podcast is for student-athletes and for parents of high school freshmen through seniors. This episode is a continuation of a series taken from the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System. I will give you more information on the Recruit Me 3.0 system at the end of this episode. The series that we are doing are the 10 myths about athletic scholarships, and this is myth number six. The first five myths are myth number one, if my child is good enough, college coaches will find him or her. Myth number two, if I'm talented, the coach can get me into the school despite poor grades. Myth number three, I can trust everything that coaches say and promise during the recruiting process. Myth number four, I can wait until my senior year to look for athletic scholarships. And last week's episode was myth number five, most athletic scholarships are full rides. Go back on your favorite podcast app or go to recruit-me.com backslash podcast three to listen to these past episodes. So let's get into myth number six. Myth number six about athletic scholarships is my high school coach or guidance counselor will get me a scholarship. The truth from the Recruit Me 3.0 system manual is few high school coaches or counselors have either the time or the knowledge to take charge of your recruiting. They might have a few contacts at colleges where they can promote exceptional athletes, but you'll need more than just a few colleges looking at you if you want the best chance of receiving a scholarship. You need to be talking to several dozen coaches. I am very pro high school sports. There are many advantages of high school sports and high school coaches, and there are advantages to your club coaches and sports also. I want you to work those two opportunities and resources to your advantage toward your future college academics and sport. Let's talk about some of the disadvantages that high school coaches and sports have. High school coaches are limited on time. Their main job, in most cases, is teaching. Most coaches have a full day of classes and many students that they teach every day of the week. Then they have practices and games on top of the responsibilities of their teaching duties. High school coaches have lesson plans, departmental meetings, their own continuing education, plus family and personal responsibilities. Then you add on practice prep, game prep, weight room, actual games and practices. Then their days usually go from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. for classes, plus 3 p.m. to 6 or even up to 10 p.m. based on whether it's a practice day or a game day. So time is a hardship for high school coaches to be able to take more time to help players with recruiting. Also, many high school coaches coach multiple sports too. Another disadvantage that comes from the lack of time is that a coach may not have time to do research and learn about the recruiting process. There are many, many components to the recruiting process. When to start, how to start, how to follow up, social media, videos, visits, and more. If you've listened to my podcast, you've heard me say if there's a thousand athletes, there's going to be a thousand different recruiting processes. Here's a clip from a past interview with Coach Barry Henson about the challenges high school coaches face. Barry is a former high school basketball coach and has coached and been the head coach at Oral Roberts University, 
Missouri State University, Kansas University, Southern Illinois University, and is now at Oklahoma State. Uh, high school coaches think they're the hardest workers in the country. Uh, they are, especially if their programs are successful. They're hard workers. They have to teach. Most of them have to drive the bus. Most of them have extracurricular activities that they have to do. They have families. Then they have to coach. And, you know, it's just really difficult. And they're not familiar with all the NCAA rules, as same as the counselors. And you have to make sure that you have somebody that is helping you through the process, whether it be your high school coach, coach, someone in AAU, someone, a counselor that understands or that's been in Division I athletics, or people like you that are providing a podcast to where they can learn these things in order to help their sons and daughters later on. One problem you hear a lot about is that clubs or off-season play has taken over. A main reason for this being partially true is that college coaches are usually in their college team season at the same time that high school sports are having their season. Many times the high school games and the college games are at the same time, or the college teams are on the road traveling to faraway places. Also, a college coach can see multiple players at an off-season showcase or tournament. So the perception is that high school games do not have the impact that club games have. I'll talk more about the importance of high school sports a little later. Here is some more advice from Coach Barry Henson. I think the high school coach, the AAU coach, the coaches that are involved in dealing with these young people, uh, it really helps if they're the, the first contact, point of contact. There's nothing wrong with a parent contacting your program. Uh, would you mind looking at this video or this clip? Can I send you a link to Huddle? Would you mind watching this? And normally that should go assistance or even a grad assistant because a head coach, specifically during this time of the year, rarely is going to watch that. They're going to watch film on their next opponent. They're going to watch film of themselves but they're really not going to bog themselves down right now with recruiting videos coming in of people that they don't know. I've had high school coaches tell me that they don't feel that their job is to get high school kids recruited, but to teach them the sport and to win games. Again, the time element comes into play here. My response to those coaches that don't feel that they should get involved in a student-athlete's recruitment is that those coaches should have a meeting every year and tell the players and the families how involved, if any, that they will be in the recruiting process. I hope that coaches understand that most parents are looking to the high school program to help in their recruitment, and that those families try to teach the players to honor and respect their coaches. Many high school programs want the parents to stay out of the team dynamics, and rightfully so. The kid, especially once they start driving, should be responsible for communications to parents, getting to practice early, and getting to the gym or the bus for games on time, and getting their own equipment, snacks, and drinks without a mom or dad coming to the dugout or the bench. In our family's case, in our baseball recruiting, our high school coaches certainly helped by talking to college coaches when they were contacted. But the high school coach didn't reach out to our family or our sons and ask about what our kids wanted or needed to be recruited. Now, luckily, one of the coaches had a brother that was a college coach, and they set up a great official visit to that college, and Parker and I learned a lot from that visit. And that visit did put us on the path to his successful recruitment. I would just encourage high school coaches to tell families if and when they will be involved in the recruitment. Kids and families have invested a lot of sweat, time, and money into their sport, and they feel when they hand a player off to a program, and that coach will help guide the player to play that sport in college if the player wants to play in college. Listen to episode 272, Three hard things for a 16-year-old to do. 
and find out that it is super hard for a 16-year-old to approach a coach, especially a respected coach, and ask, can you help me get recruited? Many times the adult reaction is negative, and players want to avoid that negative interaction. Heck, I even avoid that natural negative reaction too. I bought a house at age 45 and didn't tell my dad until we went to close on it. I didn't want that look. Someone asked me what the big difference was between your kid playing in high school versus college. And I said that your son or daughter actually will and wants to talk to you after a game or a practice. And that the coaches actually want you to talk to your son or daughter. That's what I think the difference is between high school and college. Another detractor for high school coaches is that some of them have stuck their neck out for past players by recommending him or her to a college coach, and the player didn't work out well at that college. The high school coach may become reluctant to stick his or her neck out again. Now, every coach that our sons have had will certainly give the college coach the truce, whether they're good or bad, about our sons or other players if a college coach contacts them. The high school coach's word is an important endorsement for a player. I listed five reasons a high school coach is not usually your sole ticket to a college scholarship, and none of them are really obstacles that can't be overcome. I mentioned that a good or bad word from a high school coach can have a big impact on your recruitment. Playing for your high school team, learning, developing, performing well, and playing in a team setting is a huge plus for your resume. I truly believe the mix between your high school team's discipline and the team play and the experience of playing a lot and possibly against better competition consistently can build your, like I said earlier, resume. As I speak, these are my observations, that there is less discipline in club-type teams and tournaments. Now, your club team may have a lot of discipline, and I'm just basing that on my observations in both baseball and basketball off-season settings. There are less, if any, practices for off-season or club teams. There are no or very little grade requirements. In baseball, there are a few signs given. There are a few pitches called or bunts executed because winning is not the most important thing. Players pay to play, so let's get in our swings or our innings on the mound. Catchers throw to second on a first-third situation so they can show off their arm and a cutoff is almost non-existent. I see players scoring 20 or 30 points in basketball games and travel tournaments, and then they can't score 10 points in a high school game. Defense in a summer game is a suggestion, and two passes on the offensive end is many times too many. Crowds are usually the parents of players and the next two teams that are waiting to play. Now, there are good things to club and off-season play too, but I point out these negative items to show that high school has some advantages too. Again, a mix of the two types of play is good. Here's some advice for high school student-athletes. When you are playing on your high school team, be 100% a Tiger, or whatever mascot you are. Don't wear your club hats or shirts. Don't say stuff like, that's not the way our club does it. Be a chameleon. Wear your tiger persona to high school workouts and practices, and then your club persona at your club events. Club is more lenient with high school talk than high school is with club talk. Like I said earlier, not all clubs are as loose as I implied earlier, but I do feel that high schools give you tighter rules to follow a more rigid style of play, and more internal and external pressures to help build your ultimate sports experience. Playing for your school, your community, can be very fun and rewarding. Back 100 years ago, my high school team got second in the Missouri State High School Championship Basketball Tournament. The memories of not only the games, but how the school and the community supported us are still fun to reflect on. Basketball in our area is a big draw. Parker and I both got to play in a local tournament that draws 4,000 to 5,000 fans for the championship game. What a great experience. 
Parker got to play in the championship game twice and the third place game once. And my high school team got third place and second place when I played. Also, Parker played in the Bass Pro Tournament of Champions and played in front of 8,000 fans as he played against Oak Hill Academy, Christ the King, and a team from Utah. This high school tournament brings teams from all over the country and two of the top local teams get to play. The Oak Hill team had players that went on to play college basketball at Kansas, Oregon, Florida, Kentucky, and Duke. This year's Tournament of Champion tournament has Sierra Canyon with a kid named Bronny James. So high school can and does put you in higher peer pressure situations and unique situations that club may not. Here is a clip from Coach Rand Chapel, the head basketball coach at Johnson County Community College in Overland Park, Kansas. He tells us how he sees high school games. How do you look at high school games or showcases or camps? Uh, give us some information on, on how you guys look at those. So to me personally, and I, this may be, this is old school, I guess. And I say, and I don't think it's completely old school. I actually value the high school situation probably more than I value the AAU. And, and maybe the crisscross between the two, the AU, you're seeing, depending on where you're at, you may be playing against a higher level of competition. And that's important to see people against good players. On the high school level, I always feel like the coaches, it's a real job. You know what I mean? That they're there to put together the best team they can and to win ball games, either advance in their profession or, or continue where they're at, that type of thing. Uh, AAU, it's easy to go out there and say, hey, guys, shoot a three every time down the court. Because guess what? You're really not going to get fired if you're an AAU coach. So, you know, I, I feel like the high school game, teams are getting to practice more consistently. Coaches around the person every day, sees how they react to different situations, see how they play under pressure and those kind of things. And, and even another thing about high school basketball is you usually play twice a week. Sometimes in AAU, you play four or five times in a day. It's probably not fair to the kids when you play I say four or five times a day, maybe four or five times in a weekend. You know, you start to see a lot of kids not playing real hard. The games are pretty loose. You can kind of see the skill level, but maybe you can't tell the whole substance there. I guess when you do see a kid playing super hard for four or five straight games, that lets you know anytime he steps on the floor, he's going to play really hard. You know, I think that's a little bit of the differences in the two. And I, I, you know, to me, the high school game probably relates closer to uh, the college game as far as the way the coaching is and the intensity and those kind of things. Thanks to Coach Chapel and Coach Henson for their insight into recruiting and how high school affects you. There are positives and negatives that you need to navigate through with your high school and club experiences. Advice to high school players and families is to understand the role of your high school coach and the high school system. Again, be a Tiger when it's time to be a Tiger and fill in the experience holes with your club and off-season teams and training. Embrace your high school seasons, whether they are on the freshman team, the JV team, or the varsity team. Do research on possibilities of playing your sport in college and set up a meeting with your high school coach to discuss your intentions. Be prepared not to get much support, but if you do get support, cherish it and take advantage of that support. If there are any high school coaches listening, please communicate with student athletes and their families. Most of them are leaning on you, the coaches. Waiting on your help and then not getting a coach's help burns precious time in the four-year recruiting journey. So student-athletes, get out there and take care of your own preparation. Then connect with your high school coach, your high school counselor, and your club coaches and get the line of communication flowing. Go to recruit-me.com to see all the free and inexpensive resources, the free recruiting power pack, the free athletic scholarship podcast and all the past episodes, the $1 recruiting checklist, the inexpensive books, 
the Athletic Scholarship Playbook and the Athletic Scholarship 24-Month Planner and Journal, and the cornerstone of your DIY recruiting, the Recruit Me 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System. You can get the New Year's Special for only $89. Join me next week for Episode 286, Myth Number 7 About Athletic Scholarships. The myth is, I have to be the best player on my team to get any athletic financial aid. I'll see you next week, and thank you for listening to the Athletic Scholarship Podcast.